Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hunger for some pizza now? Yeah, that's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha. This podcast is sponsored by Kapili Solar Roofing, building peace of mind one roof at a time. Kids City Adventure, Hawaii's only indoor luxury playground. And Long's Drugs. Download the CVS app today and make Long's a part of your day. It's Monday, February 27th, and this is now on HNN. New video shows a Nanakuli home up in flames. The latest details coming up. The U.S. Supreme Court examines arguments against President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. Decisions will impact millions of borrowers across the nation. Plus, strong winds anticipated to blow through the state. A look at your forecast just ahead. These stories and more coming up on This Is Now. Aloha and good afternoon. We begin today's show with a live look outside. This is over Kaka'ako in that area there. It's been a busy week for, it's been a busy month for severe weather. And this week, the winds will be the story. Yeah, over the next several days, expect those trees to be dense and expect the surf to get a more choppy as a strong high pressure system is triggering some blustery conditions. Yeah, the winds are expected to be about 25 to 35 miles per hour, but the real concern is the gust, which could get up to 55 miles per hour, and there is a wind advisory in effect until 6 p.m. Tuesday. We'll have the full forecast in just a bit, but first, our top story, dramatic video of an early morning house fire in Nanakuli. Take a look at this video captured by a neighbor showing huge flames rising from the single-story home. It happened around 7.20 this morning on Ulehava Road. 12 HFD units with 37 personnel responded to the fire. Firefighters extinguished the blaze just after 8 a.m. No injuries were reported. Today, there's new information on how the COVID-19 pandemic may have started. The Department of Energy says it has data that supports a theory that the COVID outbreak began with a laboratory leak in Wuhan, China. Two sources familiar with the U.S. government's COVID-19 origins investigation tell CBS News there's new classified reporting from the Department of Energy that supports the lab leak theory. The sources confirm the Energy Department is making this assessment with low confidence in the finding, but an earlier analysis from the department also pointed to an accidental lab leak in Wuhan, China. Across U.S. intelligence, there is no consensus about how the pandemic started. There are some elements within the intelligence community uh, that have reached conclusions on one side. Uh, there are others that have reached come to conclusions uh, on the other. Monday, China's foreign ministry spokeswoman responded to the news, saying the relevant parties should stop vilifying China. The World Health Organization said last summer a deeper probe is required into whether a lab accident is to blame. House Republicans are beginning their investigations into the origin of COVID-19. Two weeks ago, they issued a series of letters to current and former Biden administration officials, including Dr. Anthony Fauci, to turn over documents and testimony. Some GOP lawmakers have been vocal about the lab leak theory. We were completely shut down, called conspiracy theorists, and, and had our reputations tacked and savaged. There is a dis an intense desire 
on the part of Republicans uh, here on Capitol Hill, and I hope my, I, my Democrats will join us, to get to the bottom of this. Republicans say they also want to know if the U.S. government was helping to fund the research at the lab. Skyler Henry, CBS News, Capitol Hill. On the Big Island, a 41-year-old man is dead following a single car crash in Pahoa. Hawaii County police responded to the 13-mile marker on Highway 137 around 7.30 last night. The man and a female passenger were in a Nissan pickup when it veered off into the right shoulder when airborne after hitting an embankment and hit a nearby tree. The driver was pronounced dead shortly after at the Hilo Medical Center. The 44-year-old passenger suffered minor injuries. Police say speed and inattention may have led to the crash. On Maui, crews have made some progress in moving a luxury yacht leaking fuel at Honolulu Bay. But this morning, it's still stuck. There's new video from DLNR showing what happened over the weekend. A salvage ship came in and tried pulling the 94-foot, 120-ton yacht from the rocky shoreline. DLNR says during the high tide, crews pulled the yacht more than a dozen times and got it to move around 10 to 20 feet. It still needs to move another 20 to 30 feet before it's in the open ocean. The yacht's owner is unable to pay for the removal of the vessel, but the state will still bill the owner $460,000 and will take legal action if needed. The yacht leaked some fuel into the water and damaged the coral below, but the full extent of the environmental impact is unclear. In the ongoing war between Russia and Ukraine, the U.S. now says that China is considering sending weapons to Russia, but warns doing so will carry consequences. Nicole D'Antonio reports from Capitol Hill. The U.S. is warning China don't send weapons to Russia for use in the war in Ukraine. We don't uh, have evidence of a final decision to do that today. We don't have evidence that there's actually been a transfer. And so all we're trying to emphasize is the importance of not doing that. President Biden has warned there will be economic consequences if Beijing takes that step. It will be the same line everyone else would have crossed. In other words, we, we impose severe sanctions on anyone who has done that. China insists it remains interested in a peaceful resolution in Ukraine and accuses the U.S. of fueling the fight by sending weapons to Ukraine. The U.S. has supplied billions of dollars worth of weapons to Ukraine. Ukraine is now asking for the U.S. to send F-16 fighter jets as well. The Biden administration says it's not prepared to do that yet, despite support from some Republicans on Capitol Hill. We need to put everything we have into there. I know the administration says uh, as long as it takes. I think with the right weapons, it shouldn't take so long. As the war enters its second year, fighting continues in eastern Ukraine. The city of Bakhmut has been decimated with both sides battling for control. Nicole D'Antonio, CBS News, Capitol Hill. Now, the United Nations Secretary General announced Monday that the U.N. has documented hundreds of cases of human rights abuses by Russian forces in Ukraine, including kidnappings, rape, and torture. Two cases challenging the president's plan to cancel tens of thousands of dollars in student loan debt for millions across the country now goes before the Supreme Court. Karen Kafa joins us with more on what we can expect in tomorrow's arguments. Karen. Mark, it's expected to be a lively day outside of the court tomorrow as a number of advocacy groups for student loan relief will rally outside of the Supreme Court in support of the president's plan. In limbo for months, President Joe Biden's federal student loan relief plan will have a turn before the U.S. Supreme Court Tuesday. 
Last August, Biden unveiled a sweeping plan to forgive up to $20,000 in federal student loan debt for borrowers whose income was less than $125,000 a year. All this means people can start, finally crawl out from under that mountain of debt to get on top of their rent and their utilities. Supporters lauded the move as a big step forward to ending a college debt crisis compounded by the COVID-19 pandemic. And the Biden administration said among borrowers no longer in school, nearly 90% of relief dollars would go to those earning less than $75,000 a year. Republican critics called it political, landing as the 2022 midterm elections entered the home stretch and argued writing off an estimated $430 billion in repayments should get congressional approval. In December, the Supreme Court agreed to take up two challenges to the plan, including one from six GOP-led states, Nebraska, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, and South Carolina, while keeping a block imposed by an appeals court last November in place. Millions of borrowers have been notified they're approved for debt relief. No debt has been canceled yet. The Biden administration's case leans on the post-9-11 HEROES Act of 2003, which granted the U.S. Secretary of Education authority to make changes to the federal student loan program during national emergencies. But the White House intends to end the COVID-19 national emergency on May 11th, which may make that argument more challenging. And as is usually the case with these arguments, the Supreme Court will hear them tomorrow. We do not expect to hear their ruling until close to the end of their term, which could be late June or early July. As for the current pandemic-era pause on federal student loan payments, the Biden administration says that will end about 60 days after litigation in these cases is resolved or the end of August, whichever comes first. Mark? Yeah, Karen, you think back to last year when this program and plan was first announced, so much excitement, and then it turned into kind of a hurry up and wait. So uh, what has been happening with this program in the meantime, and where do borrowers stand? Well, everything is currently on pause, Mark, since last fall, since that block was issued by those appeals courts. If you go to the federal student aid website right now, studentaid.gov, you will see that message on the website that if you have not yet filed an application and you are eligible, don't. They are not accepting any further applications at this time, they say, until the court issues are resolved. If you are one of the 26 million Americans who did file for that debt relief, they say hold on because those applications will either be reconsidered or start to be considered again after that pause ends. So if you are somebody who did apply, they have your application and they say just hold on. They'll be emailing updates as soon as they can. If you are someone who is eligible but did not go through the application process, get your paperwork in order. That is something that in the event the Supreme Court says this plan can move forward, they'll start processing those applications again. Now, there is also the possibility that if the Supreme Court strikes this down, the Biden administration may try to reconfigure the program in a different way that provides relief in a different way. So again, you want to stay on your toes. If you are entitled to that relief under the eligibility requirements, it's something you really want to keep an eye on, Mark. Yeah. And so with a final decision from the high court, not expected till June, um, what can borrowers do to prepare for either outcome? I know they can't apply, so is this a matter of kind of just do your research and when that time comes, if it does come, okay, then you'd be ready to go? Yeah, Mark, it's a great time to do your homework. And again, that pandemic era pause on student loan repayments is going to end at some point this year. We do know that. So if you are somebody who has not been making federal 
student loan repayments in the last three years since that went into effect in March 2020. Start to get your paperwork in order and know how to resume those payments when the time comes. There are also a number of other programs that the Biden administration has either already implemented or has in the pipeline when it comes to student loan relief or making the process for applying for it a little bit easier. That includes programs related to those who work in public service for Americans with disabilities. Also, if you went to one of those for-profit colleges and you did not get the education that you signed up for, take a look again on the federal student aid website, studentaid.gov. They have some of these loan relief programs laid out and also some of the things that are in the pipeline. Know your options because even if this specific plan does not go all the way through and the debt starts to be canceled, there may be other options that you will be eligible for, Mark. So many moving parts. Karen Kafa, thank you for breaking it all down. Have a great one. Well, a controversial $40 million wave pool in Eva Beach is expected to open in just a few weeks. It's called the lineup at Vaikai, and it boasts advanced technology that can emulate waves from some of the best surf spots in the world. But this project was heavily criticized by community members and environmental advocates. Right now, we are in the middle of a water crisis because of the Red Hill fuel spill. We cannot afford to use our clean, fresh, precious water for purposes other than um, for drinking. The Wave Pool's website says it's trying its best to, quote, make conscientious choices that will help reduce our footprint. The official opening date has not been announced, but its website shows availabilities starting in mid-March. Well, UH and the USDA are preparing for the release of a tiny Kenyan wasp in order to eradicate coffee berry borers. Coffee farmers said the borers have been hurting their crops eating coffee beans. The wasps have controlled the borer in 12 countries. After studying the non-sticking wasps at a quarantine center in Volcanoes National Park, state agricultural scientists are ready to release it once the feds approve it. Public comments are welcome until two weeks from Thursday. First release would be on a farm in Kealakekua. Kihei families are getting restless, calling on leaders to find a way to open the new Kulani Hakoi High School. The $16 million campus is ready for students, but the State Land Use Commission says the Department of Education first needs to comply with an order it gave 10 years ago to build a pedestrian bridge over nearby Pi'ilani Highway. The DOE thought a new roundabout with crossing guards would be enough to meet safety standards. Now, building a new $20 million overpass will take five more years. Our school principal, Hallie Maxwell, has purchased two shuttle buses, so we should easily be able to shuttle the students to and from school safely on shuttle buses. The students have also committed not to cross the highway, um, and so, yes, it could take them a long time to build an over or underpass. I don't think we need to wait for that to get our students in school. We want students there now. The DOE says it hired a design consultant and will start the funding process later this year. Well, the highly anticipated Merry Monarch Hula Festival is about a month and a half away, but the excitement is already being stirred up. Now tickets went on sale Sunday morning and many people lined up outside of the Civic Auditorium. Tickets were $5 each, cash only with a maximum of two for each buyer. Some waited in line for over 24 hours and brought their family members to make sure they secured a ticket. We want to be at Hoike and you gotta, we got to be here and get the tickets. I need to be there. <laughs> Something different 
being here in person as opposed to being at home watching it on TV. Now, of course, these tickets are separate from the three nights of competition. And word is there are still some Hoike tickets available. This year's Merry Monarch Festival runs from April 9th to the 15th. Of course, Hawaii News Now will be there bringing you the sights and sounds of Hula's grandest stage. After 47 years of big games and superstar concerts, the Aloha Stadium will soon be torn down. Jelani Martinez reports from a recent farewell event this past weekend in Halava. The ball is Robinson throws wide open as Stutzman has it at the 10, the 5, touchdown Rainbows! It's the end of an era. It's really sad, I'm just be honest with you. Former UH running back from the 1975 team, Norris Birdsong was one of the thousands of people who set foot on the field today. I really wish they could have just uh, remodeled this stadium and, and kept it for the history, you know. Soaking up every second with his son. He used to tell me, like, when he used to play here, and it's just cool that I actually get to be out here with him on the field. Kids got to live the game day experience one last time. In the halls leading up to the field, people checked out memorabilia from Pro Bowls, concerts, UH football games, and even newspaper articles featuring high school sports. Athlete uniforms worn by Colt Brennan and Timmy Chang were also on display in the locker room. For these Kalani High friends, it was a nostalgic moment. I remember we were brand new, sitting in those seats as uh, high schoolers watching the football games, cheerleaders. There was a time where we could bring in our backpacks, we would sneak in on our food, so we didn't have to pay. Some people even brought home a piece of Aloha Stadium by purchasing the back of the seats. And of course, get a piece of history. I needed to have something. If I, You can have the whole seat, but I can't anchor it to my house, so just gonna have to get pinned up against the wall somewhere. Now it's time to make way for a new stadium. The state hopes to open by 2027 with shops, hotels, and entertainment venues to add to the development over 20 years. I just hope the new stadium is as, it gives us as many great memories as the previous one did with comfortable seats and leg room. I would just like to see a new home for the Hawaii people and for our visitors so that we can all come together and have fun again. Jelani Martinez, Hawaii News Now. End of an era. Thank you very much, Jelani. Let's give you another look outside right now. Well, all month long, week in, week out, it's either been the rain or the wind. This week, the wind is the story. Here's Guy Hoggy with the forecast. We are in our wet season, so it's no surprise that with all the rain that we've had, we don't have drought conditions anywhere except for one little section on the south side of Haleakala. Everybody else is drought free for now. And we'll have more shower activity for the next several days with those windward and Malka showers coming in occasionally drifting to leeward sides. But we're more focused on the winds, right? For Kauai, for Maui, all the way through Thursday, we'll have very gusty winds. Kauai's windward sides will pick up some showers as will east Maui. But Maui expected to be a little bit windier than over on Kauai. Still, we're talking 
talking about winds in upwards of, uh, you know, 50 miles an hour. And pretty much the same for uh, parts of Hawaii Island. A corner side going to be um, not so windy, but up towards north corner is going to be windy. And corner likely get some afternoon showers. Uh, the Hilo side, they'll get those passing showers, especially in the morning and in the evening. <laughs> Well, time now to take a look at what the internet is talking about, and this could catch on. A pilot program in Britain testing out a four-day work week says 91% of the companies involved could make it permanent. Scott McFarlane has the story. One fewer day each week of the alarm clock and the morning commute. John Byrne says once his software company in Baltimore instituted a 32-hour work week, the productivity of his 37 employees increased. And so did profits. We've asked um, the employees to ruthlessly look at their work, get rid of extraneous meetings, extraneous phone calls, paperwork, um, things of this nature, and reduce down the amount of wasted work. The COVID stay-at-home orders gave millions of workers their first taste of flexible work arrangements, and some employers discovered less can be more. A CBS News review finds at least a half dozen states to varying degrees are now considering legislation to make four-day work weeks more common including Maryland, where new legislation would offer companies that institute shorter work weeks a tax break. Maryland Delegate Vaughn Stewart is one of the bill's sponsors. We're thinking that with more hours of rest, workers are going to be able to function better. Employees in four-day-a-week studies have reported less stress and less burnout and better physical health. New legislation in New York, California, and in the U.S. Congress would require companies that work employees more than 32 hours a week to pay overtime. Similar proposals have failed in the past. California's Chamber of Commerce called it a job killer not suited for all employers. Even supporters of the four-day work week acknowledge it's not for everyone. Absolutely. We don't think this is something that every single industry and every single business can do. But that's what we want to study. Supporters of that Maryland legislation argue it should include a broad range of workers, white collars, blue collars, to include the entire spectrum of the workforce to make it more effective. Scott McFarland. CBS News, Washington. Well, there are more talkers coming out of the 2023 Screen Actors Guild Award and Entertainment Tonight was there and recaps it for us now. Aloha, Dylan. It was a great evening for all the winners at the SAG Awards, but there was one cast in particular that had a night for the ages. And the actor goes to everything, everywhere, all at once. With its big win for outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture, Everything Everywhere broke the record for awards won by a single film, taking home four of the show's top prizes. And the actor goes to Michelle. Michelle won outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role, becoming the first Asian woman to ever win the award. SAG-AFTRA, to get this from you who understands what it is to get here. I thank you. When you have your peers reach out and say, we love what you do, that's the biggest compliment. It really is. And the award goes to Kiki Kwan. Key's history-making comeback story continues. He was also the first Asian man to win outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role. When I stepped away from acting, it was because there were so few opportunities. The landscape looks so different now than before. 
And rounding out everything everywhere's big night, Jamie Lee Curtis walked away with the statuette for outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role. You did it, Jamie. <gasps> I know. I mean, you seemed pretty shocked when they said your well, name. Totally shocked. Are yeah. you kidding? Jamie Lee Curtis. Hey, and make sure you tune into ET tonight for more backstage SAG Awards coverage, including our exclusive interview with Sally Field, crashed by Andrew Garfield after her Lifetime Achievement Award, plus all the couples, the reunions, the fashion, and interviews with the winners. You don't want to miss it. For Entertainment Tonight, I'm Kevin Frazier. Well, award season is always a great time. Now to some good news. What a weekend it was in southwestern Japan. Some fun video to show right now where more than 100 T-Rexes took over a beach for a T-Rex race. Wow. Uh, it's what it sounds like. Participants in dinosaur outfits storming the beach. <laughs> They're so cute. Look what, at those. What a creation. Now, this is a, apparently a, a regular event. The first time it's happened since COVID and the first time it's been in the uh, Kochi Prefecture. Fun fact, uh, one Halloween when I was living in the Bay Area, that was my costume, walking around the streets of San Francisco. I think you need to bring it back, Mark. <laughs> bring it back here. And one day, maybe Halloween, we're going to have you on This Is Now, dressed as a dinosaur, as a T-Rex. Not obnoxious at all, taking it to, <laughs> um, you know, restaurants and, you know, just yeah. going out in public and different establishments. <laughs> it's but, uh... so cute. <laughs> hey, guys, thank you so much for watching. Once again, keep an eye out for those strong winds happening. Uh, our First Alert weather team is tracking it all, and Mark is back First at four on KHNL. Have a great day, everyone. This podcast is sponsored by Kapili Solar Roofing, building peace of mind one roof at a time. Kids City Adventure, Hawaii's only indoor luxury playground, and Long's Drugs. Download the CVS app today and make Long's a part of your day. Pizza. Pizza? Pizza. Hungry for some pizza now? Yeah. That's what we thought. Get yours at Domino's Hawaii. We deliver aloha.